Hello, James here, and welcome to the James Cast. This is an extended version of the Podaholics We Will Fix It show with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai. In this edition, we're talking with Dustin Chernowski of EnviroServe.org. We are talking about refrigerant gas recycling. In fact, this goes way back when I first started talking to Stuart Fleming of EnviroServe way back in 2006. This is the topic we were we were on about. It's expanded. It's incredible. And what makes this conversation fun is the the extra stuff where Dustin and I are throwing in a little bit of Canadiana, talking about football and more. Just a really good show. You're gonna love it. This is the James Cast. Here we go. Not opening the door until exactly, and they are militants at whatever time, right? <laughs> So we, we tried the first couple days and we end up just sitting outside the classroom. Yeah. Do you want me like Joe Rogan style? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah right. Oh, eat the mic. We're yeah, doing yeah. all Joe Rogan here. Yeah, yeah, it's all Joe Rogan. The only thing is we're going to try and just tone down our numbers a little bit to try and get to Joe Rogan's numbers. <laughs> you don't, don't want to embarrass the guy. Exactly. <laughs> Let's not push it. Yeah. Can you imagine? He's not bad for an amateur. Yeah. There you go. There we go. You're perfect. Can we turn it down just a touch? Uh, I like me, but I don't like me this much. Oh, that's better. Yeah, better. better. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Check, check, one, two. Check, check, check. That's exactly. That's it. More. Are you comfortable? Blue moon. Yes, I boom at the best of times. So fair warning. <laughs> the reverb keeps on going for a good minute after I said something. I'll make sure I don't say anything funny today. <laughs> I'll blow those speakers off your ears. Fair warning. Fair warning. This we, is awesome. Are we ready? No, I'm always ready. I know you're yeah, what, what time do you... Well, you say you're always ready, but do you remember <laughs> we had twice two weeks ago when oh, you forgot man. to hit oh, the button? Oh, could you imagine? That was horrible. Twice. Twice. You've never... I don't think you've ever missed that once before. It, it happens you once in a while. two in a day. I know. It was, it was just a bad day. It, it wasn't. It was a great day. <laughs> Finally, my it's incompetence... There's no record of it. Yeah, it <laughs> was matched. No, no. It's, Dustin, it's, it's your, your, you've got the thing, you've been talking, and you look over and there's a green light. And in my mind, I'm going, green light, that's good. And then it's like... Yeah, but not if you're trying to record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. And then you realize, I haven't got any of this conversation. Oh, man. And you're just, yeah. That's funny. Okay, say that funny thing over again and act natural this <laughs> You'd time. You'd be amazed how good we are at doing that. It's got to be said. James will laugh no matter what. Yeah, you just, you just keep laughing. Yeah. You, you're comfortable over there? It's all yeah, good? I'm, I'm feeling like... Do what you got to do. Just, yeah, you got to get Colin. Like just lounging. Colin so. lounges. That's the four years in or what ridiculousness yeah. we've had. Take full advantage of this boom. Mike. We we used to be working downstairs in the sofas. It's almost yeah. I almost expected some days you would just lie down. My chiropractor is expecting me to slouch, <laughs> otherwise they're unemployed. So uh, this is for employment and nothing else. Well, I've, I've actually just come from physio. I, I was uh, part of the reason why I was a bit late. I was running behind. I was off to a bad start today. Um, physio went long. Oh. So, uh, but it's from being a desk jockey, basically, right? I mean, just too much sitting and usually fairly active, as James knows, but not over the past six months. So uh -huh. less activity, sitting at the desk. And before you know it, I've got like old man stuff going on now. <laughs> yeah, but you are old. So back. <laughs> Oh, wait a second. Let's hold it here for a second. James, have we officially started or no. have we not? Do you, do you want us? Well, I mean, because we can get so, all this off. So we, we will. But so, so just, you know, there's, there's really two podcasts happen. So there's the Potaholics podcast that happens, which happens when I hit the button with the theme song. Right. And there's the James cast, which I edit 
parts of the pre-roll. Yeah, yeah. So all of this never gets lost. And if you've listened to some of yours, which you clearly haven't, so there's some gold because I, I edit them strategically so that I sound awesome and you sound like Colin. <laughs> <laughs> That must be like an F word special. No, 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 no. There's no swearing. There's right. no, well, so it, there's, a, there's a funny part where you, you were listening to Sonny Landeros. Yes. And uh, she made a few choice comments as we were leading into things that I edited out because I thought, you know, the fact that, you know, she was talking about political systems and, sure, and her sure, take sure. on them. I thought, no one needs to hear that. That's so sunny. <laughs> that, that was so sunny. It was like, yeah, we're not going to play that. Un- unfiltered, possibly unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the unhinged part's there, but there's a little bit of a filter. I'm, I'm actually actively <laughs> crapping myself at this point, trying to remember whatever I've said before I thought we were I, I always listen first and I make sure that no one's going to get in trouble, mostly me. But if it has to do anything with you and your wife, you know, because we know that she's already... Most of this podcast tell is us about more. me and my wife. I'm she's pretty much the Negan of Walking Dead in a female form in Dubai. Okay. <laughs> well, is she an absolute mentalist as well? That's what Negan is. is it? I've never watched it. I've, I've never, never watched, watched it either. Okay, two to one. Right. Good. Okay. Oh, so uh, you go. know what? Just look the, look it up, and you've got to you've got to you've got to watch this. The, the actor is spectacular who does him. And uh, I'm going to send Natalie that message. Negan. But she's a Walking Dead fan, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is exactly. So, so. I'm I'm sure she would. You know, she's all the good stuff of Negan. <laughs> How bizarre. Right, I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'll let you know if a response comes back. That I yeah, can you're probably you going to get me in trouble at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll start a fan page. <laughs> doing the podcast. Oh, Negan. James says you're, you remind I, him of Negan, and he's I'm, never met you. I'm not doing that yet. For your safety. <laughs> Who is Negan from... Oh, there we go. Okay, I'll save you. Dead. Let's talk about your, your rig here, because my wife is doing a lot. Of, she's a psychologist, and yeah. she's doing a lot of... Um, Podcasting? Delivery uh, yeah. for, you know, insurance companies and yeah, banks yeah. and, and yeah. whatnots. She was doing mostly through just the MacBook. Yeah, talking awesome. at the screen, and yeah. so then I got her one of those telecom, nice. you know, uh, call center yeah. headsets. Yeah, very good. And she said, "Well, I had a call the other day with somebody, and it was crystal clear." And I asked him what he had. Yeah. Well, of course, she sends me the link to this thing. It's like the you know, Roadcaster Pro. Basically, yes. That's what in this fact, is. That might be exactly. That's what, what it this was. is. It's got a phone link in it. And so um, she goes, "Do you think I should get that?" I said, yes. For one, it's it's going to be awesome. But yeah. two, I think it might be overkill. No. But three, <laughs> if you get one, you're going to need an adjustable boom because if you're Not talking with your hands, yeah, you can't be probably. You know, you, you can't be here. Yeah. yeah. Talking on a desktop thing, yeah. you're going to need a boom. Yeah. So um, so we might turn our office into a I would podcast I would studio. absolutely I'd get one of these drop of a hat. Actually, I have one at home. I've got one at home. New news, James. You already have it. I I mean, I I teach my classes through this mixer into a Zoom. I'm I'm my, you know, people, my students are in there and I've got headphones on. I'm talking into a mic. So is that the trick? Is it the, it's the, uh, the mixer? Yeah, the mixer does a nice job of bringing in, well, no, you got to have a good mic too. You need to have a good, decent mic. Yeah, so this mic's absolutely the mutts. So Colin's using a good standard uh, Shure SM58, which is your typical performance mic. So you know, sure. stage performers would be using those. They're they're hardy. They've got a nice range. They're they're great. They're a great mic. These are Rode Pod mics, which are studio quality microphones, reasonable price and available that, that do the full deal. They'd like you to be close to them. Yeah. Go and on, pl- plug your sponsor. Yeah. No, no, th- that's the thing. I wish I was, I wish they were a sponsor. They're not. I just use all their gear. Sounds like an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I know. Road. yeah. And uh, the mixer. Well, pff, the fact that you can 
you know, bring in a computer or bring in a phone, bring in other mics if you're around. It's just, it's, it's very versatile. Oh, that's great. And you can record onto it or record, use it as an interface, which means if you're using multi-channel recording software like Adobe Audition, you can take all of these channels and put them on separate tracks in Adobe if you so choose. Oh, that's fun. Which is big time, big time important. So she could record her own voice on a separate track yep. and everybody that's on the Zoom call on a separate track, yep. which would be interesting because yep. um, she, in fact, was it yesterday? Oh, I might get in trouble for not remembering. But she had to do um, a generic one. Yeah. It would be replayed later. Right. So she said, I, I don't know how this is going to go, trying to talk to nobody. Yeah. I said, so why don't you just take some stuffed animals or something That's and what set I them do. up? Or just imagine. That that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. a, good, a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to nobody. We know that. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I think we, we, we better start the show. Right, come on, let's start it. Then at least we've got plenty to go on. Here we go. Here we go. Potaholics. You know what show it is? It's the We Will Fix It show, and that means Colin Thomas is here, and Dustin Chernovsky is in the house, and that was poses a really interesting question, because We Will Fix It is usually Colin, and we brought a guest. It's, I mean, we don't bring guests. <laughs> I know, that never gives, do. That gives people just this great idea of how awesome <laughs> Dustin must be. Yeah. But it's really important that we don't over-egg him beforehand, don't you think, James? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I was exactly invited. I might have just kicked down the door or found out where you were doing the podcast from. So, well, here's the thing. How long ago was this? We were sitting down. We were talking. Oh, we were talking air conditioning, as would have it, which we will go into a conversation about that in a second. But we were talking air conditioning. And and Colin's saying, oh, yeah, I know the guy's over in Viroserve. And I'm thinking, oh, he's, he's going, this guy, Dustin, who happens to also have kids going to my, my, my kid's school. And I'm going, Dustin Chernovsky, EAFL? He goes, that's him! <laughs> but I didn't know this about you. I'm glad I'm famous, at least in these circles. <laughs> You're famous in multiple circles, as I found out at this moment. Yeah, so that that was that was very interesting. And then when he said you're you were, you know, you've been doing lots of things, and we, we could talk football in a minute and, and more. But he said, oh, yeah, he's over at Enviroserve. And I'm going, when you first came here, yeah, you were in the air conditioning industry, this very different side of it now, but following through in, in yeah, air conditioning gas. Your, your passion follows you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, apparently I'm passionate about air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly out here. Back in Canada, I was passionate about heating. <laughs> he was a Linux man. It's all yeah. the same thing, you know? But I just thought, what what small circles it is, right? You know, when you when you're talking to folks, and you know, okay, we you know, Dubai's not a very big place, but really, when you think about it, but very specific group of people that we keep sort of knocking into, and I thought that's kind of cool. I mean, this is really kind of neat that we got an opportunity to get you in here, and that and that's exactly what Colin said. We got to go there. We got to go visit them, and then. Yeah, we're both busy. We're still doing that. We, we are Just still doing that. Just to let you know, Dustin. Yeah, right. It's not, Dustin, please can we come? It's Dustin, we're on your front doorstep. <laughs> we're here. Okay, yeah, come on, come on in. We got plenty of space. Jeez, I think we're at 300,000 square feet. Big old really? factory. Yeah, it's busy over there. Lots you went through the coolest presentation. I've got to say, you know, we get a few of these. Uh, we will fix it with these presentations with people doing the creds thing, you know. Your one was just awesome. I mean, the gear that you've got in Viroserve. So, so let's let's back up a second. Let's back up a oh, second okay. here. Yeah. So the the common link here, and we often talk about this. We will fix it. Does a whole bunch of work with air conditioning maintenance and cleaning, etc. And so one of the areas that nice overlap is when you're fixing a compressor or when you're looking at at doing some maintenance. Inevitably, you're going to have to 
take out the gas from that compressor, maybe top it up, fix a leak, etc. And so you need refrigerant. Yeah. So, actually, let's back this up just a little bit more. We started off explaining that Dustin and, um, and my kids go to the same school. And when I'm there, I always make sure that I'm wearing my We Will Fix It shirt. So, that it, it's often a discussion point, and I'll always go to the school cafe before COVID hit. Our secrets and, out. Yeah. And we, we, I talk to various people about whatever it is that they want to talk about. And people generally want to talk about how terrible their maintenance is. And, yeah. and it's a really great kind of um, topic of conversation. So, Dustin grabbed me one day. <laughs> And when I say grab, I think you actually did. Was, Physically? Quite, yeah, yeah. I had to. Whoa. <laughs> and um, the timing was so perfect because, as you mentioned, you know, a large part of, of what we spend money on is refrigerant. Yeah. Because units leak, units need reprocessing. And on that basis, it's something that, that we use a lot of. Now, the problem is that the gases, the refrigerant gases that are traditionally used here, and notably R22, is dirty. And mm. Dustin will tell you a lot more about that, I'm sure. Which, which was really news to me because I, I'm thinking, it's gas. And how can it be? And it's, how can it be dirty? It's invisible. Yeah. yeah. You don't see it. It's so into the air. Where's be, the dirt? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was an interesting one because we tried for years to work out, okay, we understand there's going to be a transition at some point, but there's this midpoint right now, which is where we still need to use the R22, but we know that it's terrible for the environment. Mm. So what can we do as a kind of midpoint to A, if you imagine from our perspective, where we don't really want to have to charge more for it. We want to have a cleaner solution. And thirdly, we want something that's more stable than the garbage gas that you get here in the market. Yeah. And all these were in my uh, minds anyway, before Dustin collared me in the, um, uh, at school and said, you know what? This is something that we started to look at. And so, that's where the whole conversation started. It was such perfect timing. I'm thinking this is really interesting because he's talking, you grabbed him and you collared him. And I'm thinking both of those would be good football moves. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and, and to this day, you know, Dex, who was, who was the football guy, we, you come up in conversation a lot. The AFL comes up in conversation a lot. So I'm, I'm loving the football. That, and we're talking real football, not this, this British thing. that Yeah, not oh, the thing where you kick the ball with your feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what full, is this full body. That? Football, you know, you, you, you really get involved in the game. Have you noticed that one is called football, one is called American football? Whoa, we're gonna have to bleep that one out. Yeah, well, well, neither of us are American, and and I gotta say, homage to the uh, Ontario Provincial Parks that you're wearing on your shirt there. It's Parks Canada, representing yeah. for the home and native land. It's the first time I think I've been outnumbered in this room, it's slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, Canadian football and American football, very different, radically. My mother hates that we refer to it to as American football out here. She says, you should call it Canadian football. So, but nobody knows Canadian football. <laughs> That's true. I haven't got a clue. Is the game any different? <laughs> Dustin is a You're Grey out. Cup champion. No need for the answer. It's absolutely fine. I guess there's an English connection there. Hey, Lord, Lord yeah. Grey, yeah. who donated the cup originally. And yeah. well, hey, to be fair... The whole confusion was caused by you guys. Most of it was, if you look around the world. <laughs> so we're going to personally hold you responsible, Colin. Like you, and you're pretty much every war. We'll take that <laughs> one as well. You came up with it. I mean, you guys are aware of like the whole soccer thing, right? Like soccer was association football. So soccer, soccer. They just called the Brits called it soccer mm. for short. And we went, great, soccer sounds good because we've got football. So we'll call that rugby football will become football and, and football football will become soccer. 
And then you guys go, sorry, what? <laughs> no, no, there's a slight <laughs> assumption here, which I'm not sure I agree with, which is that who was it who defined it as soccer? Our feeling was that uh, actually we, we called it football, uh, but it was just too much of a complex word for the North Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and on that basis, you need something that was just a little it bit easier to come out sense. of the mouth. That was the problem. It just, if you could have something a bit more descriptive that we could remember. <laughs> Oh, I told you this one was going to go downhill, James. I'm really sorry. We haven't even begun yet. So anyway, that's why R22 is bad for the environment. <laughs> there we go. And then that's all. And let's just you know, fire on the theme song there. It's been, and we're done. Thank you very much. This is, yeah. Fired from oh, my own podcast. Man. Can you believe it? But, uh, no, I, but I, I truly, I mean, there is, there is that whole football connection. Hey, let's roll with 22, actually, because there's, there's a lot of connections going on. So, Check out these shorts, man. Check out these shorts. Oh. So, Number 22. Number 22. You were all in. Which was my number when I played football. And I did not choose that number. That number was given to me. Wow. Yeah. On my first day at rookie camp, when I made the team, I looked in the locker and there's number 22. I thought, that's unbelievable. Why would they? And he said, well, 22 was available and it's your (laughs) birthday, September 22nd. I said, oh, great. Wow. How cool. Somebody gets their number as their birth date. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you very much. No. <laughs> My God, is it a big one or a little one? It's, it's the precursor. Oh, ouch! Yeah. So this is the this is the appetizer birthday. Nice. I get to test out. Well, I would have got to test out what next year looks like, but uh, I yeah. hope next year doesn't look like this. Oh, yeah. please! Literally, is there anything good that's come out of twenty twenty? I can't think of much. Yeah. Uh. Well, we're here. Yeah, this, 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 <laughs> this coming together of industry heavyweights <laughs> was facilitated by the year 2020. So there's but, that. Sorry. So, so uh, as, as we were jumping into the air conditioning, what's the transition? What, what got you into EnviroServe? How did you transition over there? Because last time we spoke, you, you, were, you were doing very different things. Very different things. And this is another funny story that, that goes full circle. So... I come out here in 2008. It was June 2008, uh, 17th, I believe, and I got off the airplane. I was only here just to visit my cousin. He was out here working for a company called uh, Greenwave Capital. They were investing in energy-saving technologies, particularly for air conditioning. I thought, air conditioning in the Middle East, that's, I mean, I suppose they have it. And then I came, and I got off the plane, and it was something like 3 a.m. on the 17th of June, and I walked out of uh, the airport to buy International, and it, th- that first, you know when you walk through yep. where the taxi rank is? Yep. And you walk outside, and you feel like you've hit the sauna. You get that. And the glasses fogged up, and like the shirt got wet, and I went, oh, air conditioning. That's what he's doing out here. Yeah, I bet they have a lot of it. <laughs> and sure enough, that, that was it. Now, I knew nothing about air conditioning. Because you're a business guy. I mean, um, your background's in business. A finance yeah. and commercial real estate. To, and I have to say, I've never worked in either. <laughs> <laughs> I've never worked. <laughs> so, um, although I guess you could say, I guess the real estate and the air conditioning is connected and the energy savings is like a reverse finance. So, I, so okay, so here we are. So now I'm in Dubai, I'm visiting my cousin. He says, why don't you come stay here and, and work for us? And I went, oh, this place seems kind of cool. So, so I stuck around. I never went home. I came for six days. <laughs> six and days. And I never went home. Yeah, that feeling. 12 years ago. <laughs> so, um, we get involved in some energy savings. I've uh, come to realize how much the air conditioning uh, contributes towards the, uh, the energy bill, which, as you know, right, peaks in the summer, and it's not, 
it's not even non-existent in the winter. You know, you're lucky if you can switch off your AC in uh, January, February. And um, was doing that for a while. The market took a bit of a turn. And as it took a turn, I pivoted into some American football. Turns out that people hadn't really been playing American football, but... Uh, I mean, playing Canadian instead. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, so I, here, okay, so here's, here's some rugby talk to get your interest peaked. So I am looking for things to do because the market's crashed now. Yeah. This is uh, 2000 and um, this is early 2009, you yeah. could say. And things are, things are pretty bad. Uh, 2009 goes away and it's not getting any better. You know, the social circle is, sink, is uh, shrinking. And I said to a few of my friends, I'm going to try and expand my network again. I'm, I think I want to play hockey. Yeah. I know how to play hockey, and I heard there's a hockey league out here, so I went and I checked it Mighty out. Mighty Camels, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I thought, here we go, this is easy, right? And the <laughs> skates were 800 dirhams, and yeah. my equipment, they don't sell the shoulder pads, and they didn't have helmets, so you had to get your stuff, so I looked at flying in my equipment from Canada, which is 2,000 dirhams, I thought, okay, maybe something without gear. How about rugby? I mean, hey, I, you know what? I've always wanted to give rugby a try, and I feel like I could be the guy who finally can say which one is faster, stronger, tougher, easier, right? So I go to uh, a friend of mine who's uh, from Zimbabwe. I said, hey, you're into rugby. Who's the best rugby team out here? He says, forget rugby. I've been waiting to see you. I clipped this newspaper <laughs> article, and I've been waiting to talk to you about it. And it says, calling all football players, American football players, come on down to Safa Park on Saturdays. We're throwing the ball around. It's the American Football Academy. Oh, well, that's something. That's interesting. So, so I get all geared up and ready to go. I happen to have my cleats. Okay. Right? I happen to have, uh, I think I had my gloves back then as well. And, and so I go down to the park and I'm ready to go. I'm stretching. I'm nervous, actually. I'm going to run my 40 today. I'm going to probably do some push-ups and catch some balls and stuff. And it looked like, well, I was walking through Safa Park and there was a bunch of picnics and a bunch of people just, you know, kicking a soccer ball around and, you know, hanging out with their hands in their pockets. And I was looking around and I said to this Egyptian kid, I'm like, Hey, do you know where this American football thing is? He goes, Oh, this is it. Uh, and I went, this, this, this like collection of people just hanging out in the park. Like nobody's really doing anything. So, so there we were. Uh, so it was very casual to start with. Let's that just say sounds that. quite casual. Very casual. I'd almost join up. <laughs> Flip flops. Some guys were running no. a 40 yard dash in bare feet. Okay. One guy had a couple of derms <laughs> in his pocket. And as he was running. <laughs> so oh, man. anyway, so that's, that's how it all got started. But the point is that the Zimbabwean guy who introduced me to this American football is my boss. He's the founder of EnviroServe. So I had known him through the energy uh, saving stuff. I found out the story about the, the dirty refrigerant, how it reduces mm. the efficiency. And Stuart Fleming at EnviroServe had a system for cleaning the gas and resupplying it. So I was using this as part of our performance uh, enhancements, um, you know, energy savings program. And we could actually measure the difference in efficiency from dirty gas to clean gas. It was very clear that you save, and it actually was our recommendation at the time, to forget our products. Honestly, the two best things you can do, and I'm not saying this because I, no, no, no. I know, I just know this from experience. The two best things you can do with your air conditioner is clean it and put fresh gas. Yeah. And you'll save probably 30, 40% in your energy bill if, if it's that That's 30. huge. Yeah, massive. So the ROI is a huge, absolutely huge. So anyway, so there's, so there's Stuart. So I go off and I venture on the football path for a little while. And we have a lot of fun with that. And, you know, it's time to move on to, to some other things. And uh, I 
go for uh, for uh, for an evening out with, with Stuart and just to catch up. Honestly, yeah. just to catch up. And he says, "What are you up to these days?" I said, "Well, you know, I'm thinking about getting back into uh, the corporate world, and you know, the football thing's good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it back to the community now, and I think we're gonna run it more like a like a nonprofit community based thing." He said, "You're hired." <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Now there's an interview. <laughs> I was more nervous for my 40 yard dash in Sofa Park. I, he surprised me. I wasn't even out there interviewing. I said, well, what, what are you doing? I said, how's that little refrigerant business going on? You used to dismantle mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. You, you were doing some electronic I, I, waste. I stuff. had Stuart Fleming on my radio program when he was kicking off with the mobile phone stuff. Sure. Yeah. And they, in fact, they won on Dubai. Yeah. They yeah. won Entrepreneur yeah, Awards or they hosted that. the Entrepreneur Awards. Mm. They won SME of the Year and all that kind of stuff. I remember that. I says, how's that little, uh, you know, that little warehouse and DIP that you got? And he goes, yeah, you know, we've upgraded. We're building a 300,000 square foot, 30 million Durham facility here out in uh, Dubai Industrial City. And, uh, you know, 45 staff. Holy smokes. <laughs> so That's such so, a Canadian one. Holy smokes. That's, <laughs> I've heard it. You say it. <laughs> so here we are. And my problem is I can't get out of these circles. Yeah. Which is a good thing, right? I'm trying to I'm trying to venture out, but I just keep going in circles here. Damn, full of British people. You want to get rid? Seriously, love them, love one, them. One token, and that's about it. Highly recommend the Brits. Oh, married, I married one myself. Did you? Yeah. What is wrong? Well, speaking of full circle, right? You know, we got rid of the monarchy ages ago in Canada, and now here I am. Just if you, right if you want, we'll it. give you Boris. You can have Boris. <laughs> Boris. <laughs> Not touching the Queen, but Boris free. We almost named our son Oscar. We almost and Boris was one of the candidates. We thought that that would be kind of a cool name, but turn, thank God we didn't. When when I when I think of the whole gas thing, I mean, in in one sentence, clean your air conditioning unit, replace the glass of the gas. Yeah, it's it's makes perfect sense. Yeah, it is from a pure efficiency perspective for yeah. an AC unit. But then you've got the other aspect, which is. We're now using, thanks to Dustin and the guys, we're using 100% recycled gas. Mm. So if you think about virgin gas, and we know that it's a refrigerant. Wouldn't that be the best gas, though, the virgin gas? Uh, well, no, it definitely <laughs> isn't, and we've proved that. You know, these days, we're getting so much more consistent cooling from uh, the product that we're getting from Enviroserve that we don't ever even consider there being a gas issue anymore in our diagnosis process. It always mm. used to be. But if it's a unit that we know we've maintained and we've got um, the recycled gas that's come from Envirosive, we know it's better than the best gas that is available in Dubai Virgin because we were using it before. Yeah. And even though it costs three times the amount of the pretty terrible subcontinent gas, it was the best in the market. And this is 10 times better than that. Mm. How, how is gas for refrigerant gas dirty? You, you know when you hold a whipped cream can and you press the nozzle yeah. and it gets cold? Yeah. Okay, well, that's taking compressed gas and expanding it and that, that draws energy, which is, uh, is, which is why it creates the, the cold. So an air conditioner basically works the same way. You compress gas, you decompress the gas, and then in the process you blow a fan over it. You blow a fan on the hot side, which is on the roof, to cool it down, and you blow a fan on the cool side to put the cold air into your room. Okay. So it just goes in a circle. So you imagine a hose that goes from the top of the whipped cream can to the bottom of the whipped cream can, and that's your refrigeration circuit. Okay. Inside that whipped cream can is a compressor, mm. and that compressor has moving parts. means it has oil. And as the gas goes through that compressor, it picks up little specks of that oil. And mm. over time, that oil now circulates like cholesterol, you could say, through your system. And um, there's a possibility as well for moisture to get in there. So the moisture 
and the oil in the refrigerant effectively reduces its thermal properties and, and now you, you have less efficient gas. It can't hold that, that cold and it can't dispel that heat as well. So what we can do is we can retrieve that gas. We can rec- uh, recover it from the unit. We clean it. Um, it's kind of like a dialysis type mm-hmm. machine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, it removes the oil. Just great. That oil can be recycled. So filtering, it, it, it literally goes through a bunch of filters. Filters and out the, the oil, yeah, and it, and it can be reused. And it also filters out the moisture, um, mm. just like these, these ones you see at the water yeah. uh, dispensers, right? Filters that out. And you have clean gas again. Now, it's not considered virgin because we don't know that it's 100% um, pure origins. You may have some gas that came from this thing and then that thing. As long as it's all R22, that's fine. But now you're mixing different brands, you could say. Okay. But, um, but at least what we're doing is, is we're then diluting that with, with all the pure gas that we're getting from other places. And you're getting a really nice quality product that's been mixed together and cleaned nicely. And uh, that's what we send out as eco-refrigerant to the, to the guys that we will and, mix in. With also, I mean, we are using bottles that are constantly refilled. Traditionally oh. in the market, they're all disposable. So you literally, all the green bottles that yeah, you yeah. see, that is all. You've been on your roof? Waste. Yeah. You seen that green bottle up there? Yeah. It's just pure laziness. <laughs> yeah, it is. They didn't bring it down. I mean, this, this, beside the dead pigeon and whatever that's up there, but all the junk that you see on your rooftop is just totally unacceptable. I mean, that's just laziness on the part of the maintenance company. But you can understand why, because if you, especially if you've got one of those ladder access things mm-hmm. on the side of your house, it's hard enough to climb up with it, let alone climbing down with an empty one. Yeah. And who's going who's gonna to notice? But there's a, there's a simple scenario to this, which is what we did five years ago, which we said to the guys, any scrap that you collect along the way legitimately, yeah. for instance, these bottles, old compressors, any old parts that we get, and we will scrap it, and all that money comes back to you, the staff. So it is in their interests now to be cleaning those <laughs> That's roofs. That's a great initiative. <laughs> as I like they that. go. Yeah. And it's been a standard thing that we've done for a long time now. Once we realized this is an issue, I went up on a roof in, um, where was I? in Emirates Hills. That was it. And it was a job that was just a nasty job. It was just really badly designed units. And I wanted to see it myself just to understand what the technicians were telling me. And we had exactly that. We had something like 15 compressors and about 30 bolts because it was an enormous Emirates Hills place. I looked around and just could not believe it. It's a junkyard on the roof. Why, why are these here? And yeah. it's exactly that. It's the laziness that, that technicians have on the whole. Mm. But then motivate them, and all of a sudden, that was cleaned that afternoon. And it wasn't because I insisted. It's like, right, you get rid of this, and all that money comes straight back to you guys. Uh, how, uh, so I, I, the question I'm going to fire to both of you guys is it's about collecting the old gas so that you can run it through the whole process of cleaning it. How hard is it to do that when you're servicing an AC unit? Is it hard to get all the gas out? I mean, it seems to me there's two nozzles, you know, when they, when they come and they test the pressure. Yep. It seems to me it should be pretty easy to get it out, but I, I'm certain that I've seen repair guys do what is environmentally not acceptable yep. and just kind of open it and, so and, you know, turn around the other way. It is an extra bit of equipment. Um, that the guys use, it takes some additional training. And again, um, that's something that we as a company have invested in mm. uh, and will continue to invest in because it, it's really important to us. So again, it's technically illegal now in the UAE. Uh, there is, vent. yeah, it's for quite a while. Do they enforce it? I mean, I'm not trying to, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's illegal. And of course you need someone to report it and. Right, exactly. You, you, so you know, the, the enforcement is not there and you can imagine okay. why. I mean, it yeah. would take, uh, how long, Colin, do you think to, to vent the gas out of a two ton AC? Uh, normally under five minutes. Okay. Who is going to catch you doing that? Yeah. 
on a rooftop in right. Emirates Hills. Yeah. So you were relying on the, we're, we're relying on the morality of, of our repair staff. And the other side of that is how long does it take to do the recycling? About half an hour. Mm. Will a customer pay? No. So we take as a cost. And it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. However, it is something that most companies would not. Yeah. You know? But let's talk about why so, that's bad. I mean, because we, we yeah. know that, well, we, we've been told that, that refrigerant gas is bad. For the environment. But we can't see it. Really? That's that same thing, right? Can't see it. How do I know? This is, it seems like a myth. Well, when you, when you go into the, when you go down to do, uh, to the beach and you burn in 10 minutes, yeah. you know, and it's not necessarily just because of the sun, it's because of the ozone uh, layer. So this particular type of gas, this R22, uh, depletes the ozone layer. Mm. Okay. Now it can, it can recover over time, but if you, if you were to vent too much of this gas, you would have a big hole over top of Dubai, in the ozone layer, which would be bad for everybody. So it's in our own best interest to do the right thing. But at a, at a, at a granular level, you know, that's where the difference is made. Do you take the extra 25 minutes to recover the gas properly? Now, commercially speaking, I think you guys have enjoyed some good benefit from it, not just uh, in the form Couldn't of the recycled gas, but like it's, it's a great marketing piece. People like yeah. that you're doing the right thing. You know, I would say that's probably a, a big win for you guys. It is, but it's, it's one of those wins where it's an education process to our customers to explain to them, look, we're doing this for, for a number of different reasons. Commercially, it works. Yeah. Because thanks to Dustin and his crew, A, it's really efficient for us. So we've got those 50 bottles that, um, that initially you, you need to purchase up front. Well, so those are recycled on a constant basis with uh, Dustin's team. So the bottles that you're collecting, are they different than the green bottles? Yes. Yeah. So a whole different system. <laughs> Just ask the staff. <laughs> yeah, they're heavier. They're a lot yeah. heavier. But <laughs> if you imagine, if they need to be reused. They need to be heavier, right? Uh, without a doubt. So again, part of the early work that we did was: what size will our teams be comfortable enough to carry on the roof, even though they're heavier? And mm. safety as well. Why are they? Why are they heavier? Why aren't they just you know pa- paint walled. them a different color? No, they need to be thicker walled. If you tr- remember, those green ones are only being used once or twice. Right. Okay. Until they're emptied. And what if you drop one? Mm. You dent it. And so they're, they, they, they call them disposable. Do they yeah, call them disposable? disposable. They're yeah. not supposed to be disposable. It's meant to be single use, not disposable. Do you Is know what dip- I mean? No. Single use means you're not yeah, going to refill it. Right. Okay, but then now you can recycle the metal, not yeah. leave it on the rooftop okay. of yeah. Emirates yeah. Hills. I get it. It's still pretty dirty, though, that process, isn't it? <laughs> for me, yeah. So what we'll, what we'll do is, is we'll take those ones back. Um, we'll vacuum them out to make sure that every last little bit is there. And then we can open it up safely and, and scrap the metal. Oh, okay. So it's a really nice process. I mean, look, air conditioning is a really, really sustainable industry if you treat it the right way. Which I, I, I don't think people actually think about it like that at all. When, you know, all the pieces that can be recycled, and that's what you guys do. So, you know. Yeah. Well, we, we recycle the air conditioners themselves, too. I mean, re- really, like, the, the recycling division is one of four divisions over at EnviroServe. I mean, the, the, the star of the ball is uh, the e-waste plant, the electronic waste recycling plant, which uh, air conditioning is considered uh, part of uh, electronic waste. Because anything mm-hmm. that has, anything that takes electricity, whether it's a plug or a battery, is e-waste. And why is e-waste different? Well, because you've got all those motherboards and compressors and, um, you know, like little switches and there might be some sensors and monitors and things in there. And, th- and that's where you're starting to get things like mercury and beryllium and um, you get lead and arsenic and all sorts of stuff that you need to have electrics, uh, electronic and electrical equipment. Hmm. If that goes into the landfill, we're talking disasterville now, because if you get too much of that in one location and even the moisture from the landfill itself that that moisture will eventually seep into the into the groundwater 
okay, into the aquifers, and now you're drinking that. And I don't know what the stat is off the top of my head. It's something beyond comprehension of what just one gram of mercury can contaminate something like, you know, 40,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools of drinking Jeez. water. Really? So it's really, really important. And this is why hazardous uh, electronic waste is classified as hazardous waste. And, and when we were just talking about air conditioning and people not knowing that you shouldn't vent the gas, a lot of people don't realize that you're not supposed to throw your electronic waste in the garbage. Well, it's, and this is, you know, when you, when you see how many people throw batteries away, how many people, mm -hmm. oh, I got this old phone. Oh, I got this old uh, controller for that uh, 49 Durham racer car that I used five times. And what am I going to do with that? I'm going to just throw it in the, uh, the, the bin. Or what's, uh, yes, or what, what's also more likely is you don't throw it away. And then you end yeah. up with the drawer. Oh, yeah. I got you, got, you got the drawer? Uh, we have, but we're quite lucky because, well, well we you thought, moved. No, we thought we were lucky because oh. we get the, uh, the recycling bins that um, come with all of our properties. But then we're not so sure what happens to them once they go in. And there's been a few suggestions that maybe the truck that is coming to empty those looks quite similar to the normal truck <laughs> that's emptying the black ones. Yeah. We don't know how true that is. Um, but what a worry, what a shame. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. In, in, de in defense of our, our colleagues in the industry, so the, we're a, um, a factory at the end of the day. I mean, we're manufacturing. So we're crushing the e-waste down into little granules and throughout the process. Like we'll take a printer, for instance. Mm. We'll shred the printer, crush the printer, grind it down and sift it all out along the way. And what we end up with is a bag of plastic, a bag of aluminium. See, this is where the geniusness of EnviroSiv comes along. Yeah. There are so many companies out there that rather than doing this process of taking it down to the absolute base materials, instead try and grab an old motherboard and do something with it. And what they do with it is actually not very effective and is not something that can immediately go straight back into the manufacturing chain, yeah. which is what I love about these guys. Yeah. So there's, there's gold on the motherboards. There's gold yeah. in uh, particularly the electronics. Right. Uh, fun mm. fact. Okay. Electrical and electronic. What's what's the difference? Electronic. I'm thinking motherboards, electrical, something that has a plug that might go into the wall. Basically. Yeah. Right. Basically. So electrical would be your dumb devices. They, yeah. they just switch off and on. Vacuum, My mixer. Vacuum cleaners. My toaster. Your toaster, your blender, yeah. things like that. And then electrical, uh, or sorry, electronic are uh, smart devices that make right. decisions. They'll, they'll usually have a little motherboard in them. And gold is one of the best conductors. Mm. You know, copper is great for electricity, okay? And um, gold is really, really good for um, the, um, the, the signals that you need for these uh, ones and zeros in uh, electronics. And so we recover that material. And in fact, we're, we're mostly a copper factory. Really? Think about it. Wow. We're going heavily after the copper because mm. that's what's inside of anything that takes electricity. So this is where you spoke about it back home with your, your dad and the, the folks who were stealing what, not your dad, but ah, we yes. were talking about the wiring in your dad's place yeah, yeah, and the yeah. folks who were stealing the copper wiring. Mm. Yeah. It happens a lot. Mm. Yeah. So, and, and the, the funny thing is though, is that you could, you, you could steal a carload of, of copper wire and it's actually, you don't get very much money out of that. And, and, Nobody wants to buy a handful of copper. <laughs> they want, they want a truckload of it. So yeah. you know, it's it's petty thievery at that point. But um, no, there's there's a lot of really good material that can be reused in, in e-waste, and that's what we've done. We've set up a, a, a massive, the world's largest integrated electronic waste recycling facility here in Dubai Industrial City. It's pretty wild. And uh, we don't just service Dubai; we service the whole of the UAE, all of the Middle East, and Africa. Wow! With this one facility, of which there are only maybe six in the world. That's and incredible. there are none in the Middle East Africa. 
That's incredible. So yeah, so we've really invested into the infrastructure here, and the you know the Ministry of Environment is very proud of what we do. Ministry of Economy, uh, they've been very helpful in, in facilitating the setup of this thing. But uh, it's really a, a, a really long term investment on a problem that we see manifested as the drawer. Mm. Right, you've got those yep. three mobile phones and the remote for that yep. thing that you don't use, and the charger for the that I don't even know what this charger is for. And it sits because we know, we know in our heart, we feel uncomfortable about throwing that in the garbage. Yeah. Uh, but what I said was I wanted to stick up for my industry uh, colleagues here. A lot of these waste collectors, we're a, we're, a, we're a manufacturer, the waste collectors have sorting facilities. So if you throw an empty uh, pop can into the, into the garbage and then you throw your takeaway and then you throw the remote control in there, that will actually be opened up. Even if it went into the same truck, that truck will be dumped onto a line and the line will be sorted. Mm. Now the bag of garbage is still in that black bag and the bag of recycling might be in the green bag, but that makes it very easy for them to know which one to rip open and sort through. Yeah, oh, interesting. Yes, and of course we do have the different colored bags. Yeah. I haven't thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's really interesting if, you know, the groups like uh, IMDAD and, and Dolsko, um, BIA, um, these guys who are doing the, uh, the collection have really nice uh, sorting facilities that they're investing in for this mm -hmm. exact problem. And it solves, it solves the real problem, okay, which is you can either go after the infrastructure, you know, and have a really, really efficient system for, for dealing with this and educating everybody, um, but you're not going to change people. Yeah. You know, it's That's very true. difficult to change people. And it's very difficult to change new people every two years. Yeah, yeah. that's the UAE for you. And so they said, all right, I'll tell you what, we're going to make it as easy as possible for you to throw everything into the bins instead of the ground, yep. which is a start. Okay, let's throw it in the bins and then we'll deal with it. Yeah. And that's what they said. It's a good logic, isn't it? Yeah. Think about it. So, but I, I want to jump back to the gas for just a second. Mm, okay. Because I'm, I'm still stuck on you guys. So we will fix it, collects gas puts it in a different colored container that's heavier and they get special equipment to suck it out. Then they give it to you. Yep. So, I mean, they're doing it because it's a great thing to do. Does it? Well, no, it's basically closing that cycle, isn't right. it? And we've got, we've got more to do as well, without a doubt. Trying to train is there, is there any incentive though for, for others? You know, I mean, what's, what's the incentive aside from doing the morally right thing? Is there, I think you need to be able to PR it. Yeah, I mean, okay. let's, let's be honest here. If you if you look at um, our audience, which is uh, mainly Western on the whole, mm. and um, they are very aware of environmental issues. However, the other side of that is, I don't think in most instances, and especially related to air conditioning, they're prepared to pay more for it, but they will move their spend from mm. somebody who is being more environmentally okay. aware from somebody who isn't. Mm. And if the default is that people are not being environmentally aware, if you... Um, explain to people the work that is going on behind the scenes to to try and be a little bit kind of the environment it is a really good PR point for us mm. and that's where it comes from how much more expensive does the recycled gas become from the virgin gas and and as you've said the recycled gas is it's better mm. it's cleaner it's gone through that whole process of making sure ask our best customer <laughs> it's cheaper it's cheaper by quite some margin 
It's, I mean, it's, it's literally, it's a, it's a no brainer. There was, there's an so investment. So what stops people from buying? I mean, like you're, you're like the, the poster boy here. You've talked about the fact, okay, we have to collect it and we have to do this. And then we give it to you guys. I mean, I, I, yep. you do give it to them and then you run it through a process and then you sell it back to people, well, but yeah. at a, at a reduced rate and you've put labor into it, running it through your equipment. Imagine dry cleaning your clothes was cheaper than washing them. I know. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just listening to this. I'm going, well, this is like a no brainer to me right here at the moment. It is. It's an absolute no brainer, but then we've oversimplified somewhat. Uh Um, If you can imagine, probably 80% of our gas usage isn't in a scenario whereby we're doing a compressor replacement. It is where we have a minor amount of leak Mm. that we then need to uh, knock up, say, 5 PSI back into the unit. The reprocessing, which is the ideal scenario that Dustin's been talking about, in truth within the market, people don't have enough knowledge of that to be able to pay, uh, pay for it. So to give you an idea, the reprocessing um, scenario that we would go through would be probably about two and a half to three hours of work. So for that, you'd be looking at around the kind of 600, 700 dirhams mark, once you've, you've got the new gas involved as well. And very few people are going to do that to get mm. that benefit. Mm. Instead, what you're looking at is two different scenarios, which is that top up, which is probably 80% of our gas usage. And then you've got that 20% of compressor replacement. And at that time, then you do that, um, that, that process of, um, uh, of reprocessing uh, the unit, locking down all the old gas uh, for recycling. And then across you would move through to mm. the, uh, the new gas. Can, can I top up with the recycled gas? Yes. I mean, it doesn't have an issue mixing and matching. Yeah, the other thing is, I mean, we haven't even talked about regulation of R22 yet and where that's going. Another Canadian topic, the Montreal <laughs> Protocol. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I did not know that. I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners, will, will yeah. it'll ring a bell. They go, oh, Montreal Court. Yeah, 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 I've heard of that. Yeah. I have no idea. No, no idea what it is. And, and what does it mean to me? Yeah. Is it governments going back and forth? No, it's saying you can't vent your gas. And there was it's, a commitment. It's further to than not that now, which is in, in many parts of the world, you can't even use R22 anymore. And as of January 1st, right, it, okay. came in, it came into effect on January 1st. But that's this year. virgin, isn't it? So Canada, so we, so there were sort of, uh, you could say three um, waves of, um, of implementation and acceptance of the Montreal Protocol, which was, um, you know, dealing with uh, halon gases and, and ozone depleting substances like, uh, like the refrigerants. So there were the early adopters that went ahead and, and, and phased it out and did it, you know, ahead of schedule, but the official ban for no longer using, that means importing, um, selling uh, the virgin gas, so R22 and worse, you could say, the R11s, the R10s, um, that was now as of January 1st done. So we had clients in Canada who were buying R22, clients in the States are buying it, can no longer import it. Wow. As of January 1st, that's it. The market's done. Even yours. Even ours. So not even the recycled. That's interesting because I that kind of put you out of business in a sense. I mean, in a good way, but in a bad way. Well, there's the world is now shrinking. Yeah. Okay. So you take all those, let's say OECD type, mm-hmm. um, type countries. Okay. And they're now fully compliant. So that's no longer your market. So now you're looking at secondary markets and tertiary markets. It'll be a long time, let's say, before um, Africa, you know, mm-hmm. implements this because it's just not practical. Right. You know, to put that burden uh, on onto the people. But uh, in countries that can afford to do it, you know, they've gone ahead and done it. And now that's a very limited market. The Middle East continues it to be in, they're going to be in stage two. So I think we're 2030, where R22 will no longer be able to be purchased. Right. But you can still use it. Mm. 
in which case our market will be very good here. We can't export it, but you're welcome to use it within the industry. And hopefully then those guys will be capturing every last drop of it. Yeah. So what was that transition process has already started through to one for one B, which is the main one that we're, we're, we're using here, which is a cleaner um, gas in terms of its effects on the environment. And uh, for a lot of the newer developments, that's starting now. Mm. But I think the business model sits just as well with one for one B as it does with, with well, R22. And that's, that was the question. If we you change the gas, does your cleaning process work the same so if i use you know the one for one b works the same we can can clean all those gases yeah but from an operational perspective just to do the transfer over from one to the other is everything needs to be cleaned out vacuumed and then redone pressures need to be different as well so you're looking at four hours as a minimum to get you back to where you were four hours ago and that's he, he, what he's saying is, is switching a system from yeah. one that runs R twenty two to now that runs one three four A or and R4B. what's what's the I mean is the the new gas better than no. using the twenty two? No, it's just better for the environment. It's better for the environment. Yeah. Okay, so it, it becomes you know as I need to put in a new compressor. Hey, let's think about changing the gas. Is yeah. is the new gas readily available here in the UAE? Yes, three times the price. Um, okay. now, Which is why I want to head over to EnviroServe and get the <laughs> stuff that's cheaper than yeah. There's, there's this kind of transition process that I, I'm, I'd be interested in Dustin's view as well, which is it's going to get to the stage where um, as uh, the majority of companies are banning R22, the supply of R22 is going to be, uh, decrease as well, mm. which is going to end up with a situation whereby, first of all, Dustin's market, as he just mentioned, is going to go crazy good, to yeah. say the least, because yours is as clean as it can get for the environment, R22, because it's reprocessed as yeah. it sits. The one for one B market then at that point hopefully will hit a critical mass whereby this, the price comes down to something a little bit more sensible. I don't think it'll get to R22 ranges, but but there we go. Mm. And also from a commercial application, which is where it's going to be really interesting for district cooling, when they move from their current R22 through to whichever one it's going to be, 134, 141, District cooling, those big plants I see, they're using R22 in those things? Yes. How much are they using? Those things are giant. A lot. Tons. I mean, <laughs> not my <laughs> specialist. Okay, so okay, let's, let, let's, let's bat some figures back and forth. Um, how many, oh, I would have to say pounds. That's okay. We Canadians we, know we, pounds. We, we, we know pounds. inches and centimeters. Yeah, we, we, we do know that. We do know that. How many well. pounds of gas would you put into a, a, a usual, a typical one and a half ton AC unit? Do you know what? I don't know that. But <laughs> what I do know is, it's oh, hold on, hold on. Is, is there a buzzer we can yeah, ring? Uh, I don't have that buzzer on here. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I can't believe that he just said he doesn't know. I'm not bringing you to refrigerant quiz night. Tell you what, he's a third of a bottle. I was getting my bottles, Dustin. I was going to say Natalie knows. Get her on the line. <laughs> talking to that. Did we ever get that answer? Did she get an answer? Oh, he's reading it. <laughs> so the, the question was going back as we were making a reference to Negan on Walking Dead. And only James understood. Okay. So the question went to my wife <laughs> doing the podcast Who is Negan from The Walking Dead? The response was, Why you hate that SH one? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so the response has to be there was a suggestion <laughs> that maybe there were some parable, uh, par- uh, parallels. Uh, that uh-huh. She's going to come back and say there are no parallels. parallels. Maybe a parallel universe. <laughs> um, some parallels. Sorry, I've completely yeah. stolen that one. Yeah, there we go. 
<laughs> and, and anyway, on the, on the other side, it's great to see you again, Dustin, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, good being here. Yeah, yeah it's I've missed those shirts. <laughs> Nothing changes, right? And uh, I tried to match the mask today, but I don't have one that matches this shirt, so I had to... I think clash is the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Last week's was a stunner, I've got to say. That was a new one as well, Yeah, that was it? a new one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is an old one. Uh, where were we, by the way? We were, uh, oh, we, we, we were talking about how, yeah, so Colin was unable to So we're to talking answer. district cooling, and then we were asking oh, yes. how how many pounds of coolant go into a two-ton air conditioning unit. It was 1.5, actually, but I, didn't, I don't know two-ton either, to be brief. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, why, why do they call it a two-ton unit? It doesn't weigh two tons. No, it's um, it's basically a, a, a BTU equivalent, which oh. is a, um, the amount of cooling that it provides okay. in effect. All right. So you said half a half a bottle? A third of a bottle. Third of a bottle. Yeah, uh, was, normally. You could say a couple pounds. That's yeah, not very much. A couple pounds much. of gas to fill it up. I always yeah. thought it was more. So much. Okay. I mean, you pick up a two-pound dumbbell, a yeah. one-kg dumbbell. That's nothing. Yeah. It's maybe about how much gas is going in okay. there, right? District cooling plants will be uh, about 10,000. Wow. 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 And it, uh, it, uh, it's good from a recycling perspective because oh. you've got one single source rather than domestic, yeah. which is, oh, there's your but, one bottle back. But I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking in terms of what you guys are doing, it's when, you know, I get the one bottle from Colin, what are they collecting it with at district cooling? Because obviously they're going to have some repairs. I see them by my place. Mm-hmm. Periodically they're in there. They don't want to be dumping that all into the air. So they got to have something that's collecting it. So they, they have what we call one tonners. One tonners. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you, can, you can imagine. So I think the, the, to answer your question, the ones that you guys have uh, hold about three kilos of gas. Okay. Three kilos of gas. Um, and so the one tonners obviously have uh, 1,000 mm-hmm. kilos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're massive. You need a little forklift uh, to okay. get them out of the trucks. I mean, they're, they're a big Bertha. They look like uh, they're about the size of a door. I used to drive a panel van that we called Big Bertha. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my first my first car was a Chrysler <laughs> minivan with no with no uh, only the heating at the front. Nice. Okay, so and in Canada, Ooh, in Canada, right? Of course, where it's getting down to minus thirty. If it goes below yeah, minus, you're, 30, you're a Western guy with Vancouver, but then you were living in the prairies. Oh, I'm Alberta, born and raised. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Texas of Canada. But um, what yeah, part of Alberta, by the way? Edmonton. Oh. Edmonton. Shout out E Town. <laughs> Also referred to affectionately as Deadmonton, but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just say yeah, town. Nice to visit. Yeah, <laughs> I like Edmonton. Edmonton's all right. I was actually talking with my uh, with my physiotherapist this morning about um, Calgary. Uh-huh. He's from Ireland, and I've been to Ireland a few times. We were chatting about that, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I hear good things about Calgary." Mm. I said, "You know, people mm. really love Calgary. I mean, there's an hour from the mountains. You can see the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, mm. right from downtown Calgary, and vice versa." But you're in cowboy country, so yeah. you got you know cattle, and you know it's like blue jeans kind of you know society. pickup truck and a gun rack, pickup trucks. But it's also where a lot of head offices are, and this yeah. is where Edmonton went wrong. Uh, Calgary made a really really smart move back in the day. They put the airport very close to downtown, uh-huh. so yeah. head offices thought actually Calgary would be much better than Edmonton. Direct flight British Airways into Calgary. There we go. Every every time I fly home, yeah. Uh, if I go through if I go through Frankfurt, it then goes into Calgary. And then you got to take the little jump up to Edmonton. So yeah, it'd be more convenient if we mm. lived in Calgary. Spent spent a lot of time in Red Deer and Castor. So that's uh, all right. Nickelback yeah, country. There we go. Nickelback. <laughs> Another fun fact. <laughs> I thought we agreed on this podcast there was no Nickelback. 
<laughs> I should have loaded some Nickelback up. Anyway. Do you know what? Does anybody really dislike Nickelback? I don't though? think so. Because when I when they start blasting some Nickelback, I see people tapping yeah. their toes and air drumming, and then people say, oh, "I hate Nickelback." I said, "But what is there to hate? I don't get what they don't like." What's they hate Justin Chad? Bieber. Yeah. They think Avril Lavigne's annoying. But why? Oh, Celine Dion. They just hate Canadians. I, no, I have an issue with Celine Dion. And, and this is a small problem because I did spend, you know, I don't know how many years living in Montreal. I mean, went to University of Montreal, right? I'm, we're talking, it's a Francophone capital university there, right? So That's uh, thick Canadian <laughs> culture right there. Oh, man. And the beauty... And James is raising his hair. <laughs> the beauty of listening to Celine Dion in Montreal is, I, you know, so when they put on, you know, the, the old theme to Titanic and that, it's, it's, it's like a cat, that has its tail caught in the door of a car, right? It's just like, I can't listen to that Celine Dion. But you remember there was the ice storm uh, when, when we had the ice storm in, in Quebec and then they did, it was, it was horrible. I mean, we're talking the Sounds city it. had no, no electricity. No, no, it gets better. Right. So well, what happens we're, so the ice storm, and this was years ago, pre 2000, right? The ice storm, they had to do this big benefit concert once, you know, to help raise funds and stuff. And so Celine Dion's there singing and she comes out, but she was singing in French and French rock, Celine Dion, because it was like, I'm listening, I'm going, is that Celine Dion singing? And it was like a totally different person. I was like, I'll listen to her singing French any day. I'll, I'll skip the English. I was saying, okay. So, so yeah, she's pretty awesome in you French. I don't like when the French speak English. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, she's beautiful. Everyone loves her English singing, but I'll, I'll stick to the French version. <laughs> you ever listen to French rap? Uh, not recently. No, you know, you're not a big, you're not a big rap connoisseur. I have to say, like growing up, uh, like Canadians obviously get the get all the the spoils of the U.S. culture. You know, we get all the bits that we like. Uh, rap, of course, we're most popular in the states, yeah. and so we grow up listening to rap music and stuff like that. And then you start hearing Brazilian rap, and then Japanese rap, oh, yeah. and then French rap, and actually the French rap and in particular in Montreal there are quite a few good uh, rappers in Canada French rap's really good well it, you know the Quebec whole Quebec music industry is is crazy because in the French language industry because Canada has quotas on music that has to be played that's Canadian and so this also props up all of the industries. And then, of course, you need to have so much French language content. Is that why there was always so much Brian Adams? That on the is why. Opera? That is why. The Bare Naked Ladies. That's why. The name of a band. Yeah. Right? BNL. Yeah. Now they just like to be called BNL. I, I, fun fact. Fun fact. My son works at Canada's best recording studio, Noble Street, in Toronto. And he's there working with BNL. No way. And, and it, it's a comment. And I'm not so, so sure he was, it was a backhander that he gave me. I'm still un, unsure. And, and he's, so he's sitting with the guys and they're just talking. And he goes, uh, yeah, it's like sitting with a bunch of dads. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. He says, here they are. They're, you know, the one they got, you know, he's, he's going, this is unbelievable. The guy, one guy who's playing the car has got 20 guitars being shipped in and yeah. they're all lined up. And, they, and he says, they're just awesome. Like they really, really are a class act. But he said, it's just like sitting with a bunch of you, dad. And they're just talking about, <laughs> dad things barbecuing and and i'm going that's good right and he's going yeah oh that's good <laughs> there's a long part <laughs> it's not what you really expect of a, of a high class rock band does it well you get so we get we get um sort of tainted our idea of, of celebrity because because yeah. right? in the states it's always blown out of proportion yeah. And, uh, yeah and so if you know if you're a musician in the states you're a celebrity and you yes. live the celebrity life. But, it, you know, going back to my, uh, my physio this morning with the Irish guy, when I was in Ireland, we were driving by and they're saying, you know, that this is the hurling field. And so, uh, you know, I, play, I don't play, the, but it's the Irish guy saying, he, you know, he played for his county back in the day. And that's the highest level you could go to. And I said, well, wow, 
You guys have any fans? Yeah, about 15,000 would show up. 15,000? Yeah. Like we didn't even get that many in our college football games, right? 15,000, and you played for your county in Hurling. I said, what did you guys get paid? And he goes, well, I mean, we don't usually get paid. I mean, you sort of just play for the pride of playing for your county. And that's like Canadian yeah. musicians, right? Like, you know, they're talking like dads because they are dads. Yeah. You know, they're probably not rich guys, right? And there's no celebrity, not much celebrity around yeah. this. Yeah. So the guys are just, you know, Dudes, yeah, just regular just guys. Dudes that having just fun. Nice. They happen to be, you know, musicians. That's yeah. their job. Back to the gas for a second. James is obsessed with gas. <laughs> I am obsessed because it's, 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 it's I thought choice. we said everything. <laughs> James, okay, look, I'll be honest. We've run out of <laughs> content with the gas. That's oh, just, about uh, all uh, there is to say about <laughs> gas. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm still on. I'm still on the central cooling systems. And oh, I'm the, okay. To be fair, they are pretty awesome. They are pretty awesome. It, it, it's like looking at. Um, you ever make CO two cars in shop class yeah. when you were younger? Yeah. Okay, well these you know these are like rocket ships compared to CO two cars. When you go and you see the air conditioners for the district cooling, I mean they're doing um, what, what Colin and the boys are doing on the roof. I mean this is to a massive scale. That's like the Burj Khalifa, yeah. you know, versus a villa, and um, they're really something to see. And you talk about it's not really you know handyman work or you know or mm -hmm. technician we're talking like expert work i mean these guys if there's a one percent variation i mean they monitor everything like crazy NASA and i mean there. the new buildings we're, we're, we're looking onto the burj khalifa it must be the same when you go to when you go over to some of these giant buildings with with the whole infrastructure system that they've got set up it yeah. must must be very similar well this is all district cooled in fact, can, can we see the district cooling plant uh, it's from here? From the, if you if you go right to the window and really look left, I think it's it's left, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be up that way. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, no, no, it's it this right? way. Is no, it's right? in here. I remember. Yeah, back in the day, it's been it's been probably twelve years, I guess, since um, there's been any significant high rise in Dubai that hasn't been district cooled. Mm. And there's some in the very first stage of the marina, I think, that, that aren't. They still have the splits on the roof. Yeah. But it, it just makes total sense. If you imagine, you've got one pipe to go up a roof rather than, what, 300. Yeah. Um, uh, stopping off at each floor on the way. It's, it's a really efficient way of doing it. Mm. So um, great, great cooling method. Very yeah. simple method as well. Um, and again, from a recycling perspective, very very much easier to manage than individual properties. So what, what's next for EnviroServe? I mean, you got, as you said, you've got four different s segments of the company and, you know, all, I, I think what, what always strikes me about what Stuart's doing over there is he's always looking ahead. He's always looking, you know, it's, it's, he's kind of like a crystal, crystal ball gazer. He's like, he's like 20 years in advance. He's kind of like, where's this going? What's sure, this going to be? Sure. How can we tool up or how can we, and he's experimenting now with that stuff. I should get him back on. We need to have a chat with him too. Oh, but e-waste is a really interesting topic. We could do a whole a whole show on I it. I think I think we have to do the e-waste show at EnviroServe. Yeah, we're going to EnviroServe. I think we got to do that. I got to get off my butt and just sort of say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna meet there. Yeah, that's a great one. And what's what's most interesting is what we call the fractions, and this is the granules of mm. what used to be a printer or an air conditioner or a mobile phone, and you you know it feels like sand. Yeah. And if you look at it under a microscope, there's there's glass, there's little fibers, there's bits of gold, there's palladium in there. Really? And you name it. It's, it's really cool. And that'll all go to a refinery to be melted down into, you know, uh, raw materials. That's really cool. Yeah. Super cool. You, you guys do anything with coffee grounds? Oh, there's a fun Nespresso, uh, <laughs> story that has to do with you. Cause look, like I said, coffee, um, 
I mean, for, I'm not, I'm not, I'm literally the, and the reason I say this is forget the Nespresso stuff, but yeah, the yeah, physical, yeah. you know, the guys who are at, at, who are running, you know, a, a Starbucks, okay, maybe second cup or maybe uh, Gloria jeans when they've, they've got the barista and then they're smashing the grounds out of that, that, mm-hmm. that espresso thing there, there is a, a group and I think they're out of Africa that in, in Japan, there's two, two groups mm-hmm. that are making fabric from coffee grounds. True. Oh, that's interesting. And so I was wondering if you guys ever uh, played with that. Okay, I gotta, I gotta talk to Stuart and see if he's. Uh, I did some. Uh, the Nespresso stuff. That's that's a big one because they go in the green pouches and then yeah. apparently recyclable. Nespresso is fantastic. I mean, what a great company. They've got a, a really cool program called uh, the Perfect Cup, which is their sort of charity thing. But they're very much into this closed loop uh, mm. system, and you get those pods from yeah. them, and they're aluminium. Or aluminum, as we uh, had to yeah. switch. Yeah. I know switch we're trying to trying to be nice, sir. Oh, it's a challenge sometimes. Yeah. But um, <laughs> what language are we talking here, people? English, you know, ah, from Canada. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Canadians invented English. <laughs> so uh, you know they, they they've got the aluminium pods and of course yeah. the coffee grounds, right? And so you can send those for composting, which they do. They, um, in fact, it used to go. I don't know where it goes now, but it used to go to a company in Sharjah. And all of Sharjah, yeah. all those palm trees were basically fertilized with awesome. uh, the Nespresso coffee. Grounds. Neat. And then the, the, the what they need yeah, to tell that story gets, more. Like they're not telling that story. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, Bia is a really cool company. Bia yeah. uh, you know, they're at the forefront of the innovation when it comes to these things. I mean, very heavily um, funded and backed by the the government of Sharjah and, and the ruling family. But they're doing some really really cool things all the way from uh, plastics to to coffee grounds. Yeah. You know, and um, so you know you can shred those little pods and then it separate the coffee grounds from the aluminium and you bail that up and that goes off to the smelter and you reuse the aluminium and you compost the uh, the coffee grounds but, but the coffee machine remember i said e-waste yeah. is anything that takes electricity so that the, the coffee machine can go for recycling as well it's just a Neat. little compressor in there and some some rubber hoses and some aluminium heating elements and some plastic and how do you guys collect i've always wondered that with the quantities that you need mm. how can you keep your amazing facility with raw materials this is the big one this is the big one so we are operating at only a fraction of our capacity right now because this is still we're at the forefront of the industry and when you talked you mentioned Stuart and uh, you know he's he's already talking regulation I mean there needs to be um, some change to if you go to a place let's say some very progressive places like Scandinavia like Mm. um, Sweden for instance imports garbage because they set up an infrastructure where they would produce electricity and and gas off all this garbage but they become so efficient with their recycling that they used it all and now they don't have enough feedstock for their... So they're importing garbage. And so, I mean, our business model is the same. We've completely over-engineered uh, and put way too much capacity on this plant because the likelihood of somebody else building a facility this size in this region is, is very small. Yeah. So for the next, at least for the next 10 years, uh, we'll be the only e-waste processing plant of this size. So we need to service the whole, the whole um, uh, region. But... If we look at it at a very basic level, uh, person to person in the UAE, I mean, we're, we're in the top third of the world for consumption of e-waste. I mean, each person generates about 17 kgs of e-waste I per person it. per year. I believe wow. it. I believe it. Which yeah, I believe that. is, let's say, a microwave, three mobile phones, and still a printer and three mm. laptops. That Every year. Yeah. Every year. Your washing machine, your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your yeah. air conditioner, 
you know, the, the components of your car, like the dashboard has yeah. all the, the cluster in there. So like when you start, when you start to look around the house, e-waste is everywhere. Mm. And, um, and we don't really know what to do it. So what to do with it. So when you're talking about collections, so we actually work with a lot of the waste management companies as they're segregating the sea waste. Well, they obviously don't have a plant to deal and process the e-waste. Hmm. So they'll pass it back to us. Okay. So, you know, so it's making the connections so that you, you can get the stuff. We don't compete with each other. We complement yeah. each other. You know, these guys are good at logistics. We're good at manufacturing or demanufacturing in our case. I mean, we even get, um, we oh have uh, demanufacturing. Oh, it's cool, isn't it? Oh, it's like toys for boys. I'd love to. I can't wait for this. We'll show, show you guys th- uh, Thor's hammer and the Terminator. Yeah. Uh, the octopus. These yeah. are some of the names of uh, Steady Eddie. These are some of the names of our uh, oh, of, of our equipment. Really looking forward to this. <laughs> and uh, it's so cool. We, re- we, we capture uh, 96% of what goes in the front end gets captured <gasps> throughout the process. Oh, man. So 96%, 96% gets recycled. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, captured, you know, captured. Yeah. So, you know, there's very little wastage in this process and it's a dry process. It's a granulation. It's a pepper grinder, basically what we're doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of it, it's just all about where can all this stuff go? Yeah. Now, some things, there, there's just no solution for it in country. So you may have to send it to uh, Germany, let's say uh, lithium ion batteries, you know, very on vogue right now. What are we mm. going to do with all these things? It's a very, very tricky. I mean, you're talking a laboratory yeah. to extract the cobalt. That, right. uh, the, you know, um, uh, okay, tidbit. Here's another fun fact. You know, Apple's obsession right now, Apple, one of our clients, their obsession is cobalt. Right. Because that's what you use to manufacture lithium ion batteries. Mm. You've got a smart watch. We're, you know, we're dealing with something here that probably has batteries. We've got our phones. We've got all this kind of stuff. We, there's going to be a cobalt shortage soon. We can't get enough of it fast enough. And uh, mm. what are we doing? We're throwing most of it into the landfill. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, okay. So we're just trying to stop. So they're, 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 because of the way our industry is set up, we don't have a lot of good information on, on recycling yet. And it's uh, progressing rapidly. You know, kudos to uh, Dubai Municipality and Tadwir and Abu Dhabi for really trying to take the bull by the horns here and get some good data. But there's a global e-waste monitor, which gave us the statistic that there's about 17 kgs per person. But it also says that the recycling rate of e-waste throughout the world varies from country to country based on the acceptance of the general population and the infrastructure that's in place to capture it. But, I mean, you're talking probably here, single-digit recycling rates. Wow. Not something to be proud of, is it? No, no, not at all. It's a massive, massive opportunity to capture like how much they call it urban mining. What we do, hmm. and there's more, there's more precious metals in one ton of landfill. If you were to scoop one ton of landfill garbage out and put it into our plant and process it, you would get more precious metals than forty tons from a mine. Wow, that's that's insane. Something's not right here. It's almost it? like you want to you know? go back through, you know, the Sharjah border on Sheikh uh, Zayed Road. You got the giant landfill right there. It's yeah. almost like you want to go yeah. back through that thing and start digging it up. Sure do. <laughs> Good would love to. Yeah, if you could go by layers, right? Yeah. You go, actually, in the seventies is when they had all the yeah. best stuff. Well, you got to mine there. through it. You got to go mine through it down on that ground level, yeah. and and then. Oh, Speaking of the seventies, so as so we get a lot of stuff, and and there's some really really fun stuff that comes in. You can tell usually where it's from because you might recognize something, you know. So 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 the Brits would say, oh, this was from. Uh, I recognize this. This was from like uh, Tesco back in the day. You used mm. to be able to buy this yeah. stereo on the shelf, and I would see things from Canadian Tire. 
and the sticker would still be on there somewhere. So you can see how e-waves can even travel around the world. That's right? pretty cool. Up here. But to a component, to a, to a, to a piece, the, the older the equipment is, the better made it was. Mm. Yeah, and when you take apart Absolutely. particularly old audio equipment, hi-fi audio, you can see that they used to be chain-driven with little, ah, and you could yeah. fix those things. Yeah, you know, the chain broke, and you put a new one. The Japanese, like the Yamaha turntables yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, are absolutely engineering marvels. And then you look at the stuff from the '90s when plastic got yeah. really popular in the '80s, and there's practically nothing to recycle in those things. Mm. They're all plastic. They're mm. all very cheaply made electronic boards, and they were basically only lasted five, six years. Yeah, you know, and then you sort of throw them out and buy a new one because they were cheap. Yeah. Gentlemen, we got we got to wrap up here, and we didn't even get to talk about the, the you know this year no CFL. Oh, that's uh, that must have been just you know that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. The NBA came back, the NFL came back, the NHL came back. Yeah. I mean, these are strong in a nutshell. Yeah. Right, to sum it up, strong leagues with yeah. uh, with with uh, a well diversified revenue stream. That's CFL not really Canadian nice. Football League. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, not compact fluorescent yeah. light bulbs. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> Also, please don't throw those in the garbage. Okay, send them to your, you know, keep them separate. They'll go to the right place. Lamps for you. Uh, they crush those things up. They capture the mercury that's in there. Don't let those go to the landfill, people. There you go. Yeah. So fast. We are going to do that catch up. We are going to uh, get there and, and make sure all this happens. Well, I'm off on Tuesdays. Every Tuesday we can do there we uh, go trash talk. Trash talk. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. We got it. We got it sorted out. Well, here's a job. Yeah. Trash talk. Let's do that. <laughs> Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai. Dustin Chernowski from EnviroServe. Great to have you here on the We Will Fix It podcast. And, Thank you. And we got to talk, finally, the recycled yes. gas stuff and more. We've been talking about this, I think, for over a year, you know. It's been yeah. over a year that we've yeah. been saying, oh, got to make that phone call to Dustin. Yeah. And now we're going to go yes. to, the, to the factory and see this all happen. Wait. Can't yeah. wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Hit me on WhatsApp. It's faster. There we um, go. Right, let's do it now. <laughs> Potaholics with a K at gmail.com if you want to fire an email to us. www.potaholics.com. Hundreds of episodes of our shows are there. You're going to enjoy them. And of course, we'll do it all again really soon. This has been the We Will Fix It podcast right here on Potaholics.